Hello, I'm Marlo. And I'm Jackie. And this is a movie podcast. Today is our 80th episode. So to celebrate our 80th episode, we are going to be listing our top 10 movies of the 1980s. And I actually forgot my list upstairs because it's so hot in my room. I had to go downstairs. Um, We did, I think our fifth episode, we did our top five movies of the 80s. So I'm going to go run and get that really quick. (laughs) Okay. So yes. So we did our top five and we did a bunch of honorable mentions. Um, So I guess to start, Jackie, you don't know any of these, right? No. What you listed. Okay. So back then we were like goofy and we did the list first and then we did the honorable mentions. So we like ended with (laughs) <laughs> which was really silly and we the, for, we spent like five minutes talking about our list and then the rest talking about like general mentions it was very weird um <laughs> but your honorable mentions were full metal jacket beetlejuice the hitcher risky business dirty dancing the outsiders and caddyshack <laughs> and your top five were number five back to the future number four blade runner number three platoon number two mad max to the road warrior and number one was the shining hmm. so, nice. interesting yeah <laughs> um mine were honorable mentions were do the right thing heathers airplane grave of the fireflies empire strikes back dirty dancing adventures in babysitting and aliens and then my top five were Five, The Shining. Four, When Harry Met Sally. Three, Stop Making Sense. Two, Ordinary People. And number one, The Breakfast Club. <laughs> so. Did so we say how many movies we watched then or no? No, I don't think so. I didn't write it down. I only wrote down our list, but I don't think so. I feel like mine's definitely gone up a lot. Yeah. Um, but mine is 102. Hmm. I've probably doubled that honestly since our last episode like I've probably it was probably around the like 50 or something Mm -hmm. yeah mine's 132 Hmm. but uh, some of them are like Pixar shorts and stuff so maybe for features probably closer to like 120 maybe yeah um but yeah so we've seen a decent amount which is good yeah, so that was very odd to listen to. I kind of hated listening to it, but I'm used to <laughs> editing, so it doesn't like bother me to hear my voice or anything. <laughs> um, it was weird because we just did it really structurally odd, but we won't be doing it this way, that way this time. Yeah, did you have anything else before we got into our honorable mentions? If you have any? No, I don't think so. And yeah, I do have some honorables. Yeah. I don't know if you had anything to say about the 80s. Maybe I didn't write down like what we talked about in the first one, but I was like obsessed with the 80s in high school for some reason. So I was like obsessed with 80s music and movies. So that's why I probably suggested doing it two years ago (laughs) when we did it the first time. But yeah, I love you. Definitely suggested it because I remember I was like pissed about this one because I was oh, like, I, I don't like eighties movies. <laughs> and after you like named all my honorables, I'm like, this makes so much sense. 
Um, now I've seen much more and it's definitely like, I feel like if you grew up in the nineties, like watching eighties movies, I'm not saying us, but I just feel like people talk about the eighties, like so much higher than someone like me, but I think I've seen more now. So I have a better Mm -hmm. understanding, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you can list your honorable mentions if you'd like. I don't really have any information about mine. About your honorables? Like, I didn't write much down for them at all. Just like the title. Yeah, no, I just said the title. Um, Minor ones that you already said. Not all of them. But (laughs) it's um, Ordinary People, Terms of Endearment, Fright Night, and Aliens are my honorable. Nice. And I think you've probably seen all those since we, like, in the last, like, year or two, right? I think I might have saw Fright Night before our 80s episode. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. I remember me talking about it a lot on our first Halloween episode. But yeah, all of them, I, I think for the most part, I haven't, I've seen since the 80s episode. Nice. Yeah. I tried to change mine. I mean, I don't think I really referenced my first list when doing these, but um, I tried to add some more because all of, I think my top 10 are all five stars for me on Letterboxd which is wow. wild um but my honorable mentions are nine to five broadcast news uh christmas vacation <laughs> heather's airplane stand by me uh i put the fly and videodrome on there just like cronenberg um and dirty dancing nice yep yeah i don't know do you have anything else for our list you can start if you want with your um number 10 no i just realized that i like didn't put them in order so give me a second oh i had i wrote like everything down but i didn't <laughs> write the order of them because i was like let me just get it down yeah why don't you go first then so my number 10 is the movie true stories from 1986 directed by david byrne um i'll just read the letterbox a little description for this one at least because it's short a small but growing Texas town filled with strange and musical characters celebrates its ses- just a hard word. <laughs> its sesquicentennial and converge on a local parade and talent show. Um, and it also stars David Byrne along with John Goodman and a plethora of other characters. Um, it has a 4.0 on Letterboxd and it's not streaming anywhere that I know of. Um, I ended up buying the Criterion DVD just because of my David Byrne and like Talking Heads obsession. Um, I just needed to have it and I loved it. So (laughs) money well spent. Um, The movie is super interesting. Just, I mean, it's David Byrne. He directed it and was one of the writers, but it's like structured around Talking Heads music technically because the album True Stories ended up like coming out, I think like right after the movie. Um, so there's a lot of music in it and sung by like people in the movie and David Byrne and members of the Talking Heads. Um, and yeah, it's basically just about this town celebrating and he's kind of like the narrator David Byrne is of the story um, along with like a couple other like titles he holds in the movie. Um, I don't want to say too much about it just because I think it's interesting to go in with not a lot of information. And since a lot of people really haven't seen it, it has about like 24,000 views on Letterboxd or watches. Um, I think it's a good one to just find and buy or just watch when you have the time because it's super interesting, especially if people like like Talking Heads or just older music in general. When did you first hear about this? Um, 
I think I saw it on like different lists on Letterboxd and I was just like, oh, well, it's directed by David Byrne. So that's super interesting. <laughs> um, and I thought it was interesting just how hard it was to watch because I don't even know if it's rentable. I could look that up. But I was like, I really don't have any other option but to buy it. Oh, I guess it is now on, you can rent it for like $3.99 on YouTube, which is good. Um, but yeah, so rent it, whoever's listening out there. It's good. <laughs> Interesting. Nice. Yep. Um, my number 10 is After Hours from 1985, directed by Martin Scorsese. It has a 4.0 on Letterboxd and it stars Griffin, Griffin Dune. Um, I think this film is definitely an outlier in Martin Scorsese movies. Um, and it's definitely not for everyone. I think it's very New York centric, which that's not an outlier in his movies, but it's, I love how like New York centric it is. And Mm -hmm. it really feels like you're in the city at night. Um, And even though it's dark because it's, it's mainly at night. Right. I haven't seen it. It's over the course of like, yeah, the one night and he's like running around. Even though it's so dark, like I feel like, I don't know the lights, like they have there, there's a bunch of like fluorescent lights in a lot of the scenes and stuff. And it Mm -hmm. just doesn't feel like, a dark movie is what I'm saying. And I, I just like that night scene. Um, I guess you could call this a comedy. I, I think for Scorsese, it's definitely a comedy. <laughs> and it's set all in one night, like you mentioned. Um, the main character is so good in this. And he just finds himself in like horrible situations. Yeah, And I feel like it can be relatable for some people that like, not exactly have this experience, but like a night out on the town when like, just things aren't going right I definitely can relate um but yeah and it's it's not streaming anywhere right now it's definitely like only streaming once in a while so if it's ever streaming again I would hop on it quick Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good one I think I see a lot of people talk about it on Twitter and stuff just like people who love movies or like always say like oh after hours is one of those like like you mentioned uh, Scorsese movies that people really don't talk about as much as other ones obviously but is a good one too mm-hmm. um yeah and Griffin Dunn is really good in um an American is Werewolf in London did, did I write Dune sorry yeah, I there's like two done. ends you said Dune and I was like I think it's done because there's two ends mm, I the, must the, have missed the second the Villeneuve, end Villeneuve brain. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, he's good in American in American Werewolf in London too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good one. My number nine is a documentary called Streetwise from 1984 and directed by Martin Bell. I won't read the whole letterbox thing because it's pretty long, but the documentary takes place in Seattle in the year 1983. And it basically just shows the lives of, young people who live on the streets and are either homeless or runaway teenagers living in Seattle um and it's very poignant and it's probably one of my favorite documentaries I've ever seen just because it is so like detailed and goes into depth and kind of just shows like how they start at the beginning and it doesn't take place over too long of time but just kind of like where they end up by the end and I was just like very moved by it um and it really impacted me by the end And also it's on the Criterion channel right now. And they have like extra stuff on the Criterion channel for it where they interview 
I don't know if it's one or two people who were like children and like in the doc like subjects of the documentary and like show them clips from the documentary and it was like very interesting and like pretty sad but um just seeing like where they were then where they are now and how like people's lives can take like different trajectories and stuff um it has a 4.4 on letterboxd overall and i think it's one of like the higher rated documentaries and i think that's why i ended up watching it but yeah it's really good and like just i mean it's really sad but um really good watch for people who enjoy like documentaries i guess or like just seeing like a city in a different time period than the one it is in right now Mm -hmm. interesting never heard of it yeah it's not that popular but it's like it seems like everyone who like all the people i follow on letterboxd and people who watch it like rate it really highly clearly because it has a 4.4 out of (laughs) 5 but yeah it's good on the criterion channel right now um my number nine is a movie you just mentioned, An American Werewolf in London, mm. um, from 1981, directed by John Landis, as a 3.8 on Letterboxd. Um, David, I'm going to screw up these names. This is who's in it. Griffin Dunn, because I'm going to say it right <laughs> this time. Um, Jenny Auger and David Naughton. David Naughton's like the star of it. Um mm. Yeah, it's about, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know if I need to, but we both watched it recently, like last October around Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, this is definitely new on my list than last time. And I yeah. decided to watch this because Edgar Wright, who I love, put this on one of his favorite movies of all time list. And I think it's very underrated. People don't talk about it enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of love movies that aren't, scary is and like you would think right away like horror but like have like scary elements which we always talk about this when it comes around <laughs> Halloween time um I'm not really yeah. sure what you could call that genre I feel like Fright Night is definitely falls in that category but um yeah it's I'll just say these two guys go into London <laughs> and um run into some werewolves and then it goes from there um it kind of ends like the fly it's pretty sad actually um yeah and i think it's just a very underrated movie it's on peacock premium right now too yeah i think i watched it on peacock maybe because i think that you there's like a free version yeah it's pretty good i think you liked it a little bit more than me when you watched it but yeah it's good and yeah similar in a vein to the fly and like cool effects and stuff like that Mm-hmm. um and yeah kind of scary <laughs> mm-hmm. um my number eight is one that I mentioned on my other list and have mentioned a million times in my life is the breakfast club from 1985 directed by John Hughes um it has a 3.8 on Letterboxd, and we all know everything about it I assume it's, wow, it's not your number one anymore no um, I, I haven't seen it in a really long time. I mean, I've seen it like probably a hundred times, but I just haven't watched it in so long. Um, and I, I feel like now I can probably watch it without like a clouded judgment. And honestly, maybe it would be lower or not even on my list if I watched it again. Um, just because I was so obsessed with it in high school and like early college, but now I could probably watch it and be like, yeah, there's things about it that aren't great. And like, I don't know, have more of a level head about it. Um, I'll read it just in case there's somebody out there who doesn't know what it's about on Letterboxd. It says five 
disparate high school students meet in Saturday detention and discover they have a lot more in common than they thought. Um, and it's streaming on Hulu right now. Um, yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on it just because there's other movies to talk about. And we've talked about it. I mean, I've talked about it a million times. And yeah, I need to probably rewatch it at some point, not for like to remember what happens, but just to like kind of see how I feel about it now, which would be interesting because I'm curious to see how I feel about it now. But <laughs> it still holds a special place in my heart. My next one is Back to the Future, which was on my previous list. I feel like I just have to put it on here because it's so like iconic, which a lot of these movies on my list are which is kind of annoying, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, it's from 1985, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Zemeckis, how do you say it? Zemeckis, yeah. Um, it's a 4.2 on Letterboxd and is ranked 179. It stars Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd. Um, not really much to say about this. We talked <laughs> about it in our 80s episode. It's an iconic film. I definitely watched it as a child and then had to rewatch it again. Um, in college because of the way they filmed it like the shots I believe that's interesting I believe that's why I there was a reason why we had to watch it and it was something to do with the technical skill of it anyway but yeah pretty iconic film that I think I gave five stars which is crazy maybe I need to rewatch it (laughs) but it I is just, number eight <laughs> yeah I just saw all three of those for the first time I think I watched the first one like a while ago like 2020 now a while ago but I, I watched the other two like more recently or part two and part three they're good <laughs> overall <laughs> like I wish I had seen it when I was younger just because I feel like I would have liked it I mean just like had more um just like made more of an impact on me I guess but yeah it's a good one my next one number seven I assume is on your list unless you made like an exception for it it's um The Shining from 1980 directed by Stanley Kubrick has a 4.3 on Letterboxd number 92 overall and it's currently streaming on HBO Max this probably is the movie we've talked about the most ever (laughs) on this podcast um, I won't make you talk about it right now if it's on your list, but it's it's just really good. And yeah, we don't have to talk a lot about it. Another one we totally have to talk about right now. Yeah, we can hold on that one. <laughs> All right, cool. Yep. So that's my number seven. What's your next one? My number seven is Dirty Dancing from Ooh. 1987, directed by Emil. Ardolino. Um, it has a 3.6 on Letterbox. Um, stars Jennifer Grey, Patrick Sweezy, iconic film, great mm-hmm. soundtrack. I think it was on our soundtrack episode for both of us. Yeah. I feel like if I didn't put this on my list, it would just be dumb of me. I haven't seen it in forever. I think I need to rewatch. I need like a feel good and I th- that's what I have that for a lot on my list you'll see as we go through it but um yeah this is one I need to watch again I think uh, it'll make me happy <laughs> yeah it's a and, good summer movie too yeah I always like to watch in the summer yeah and it's streaming on HBO right now nice yeah I almost forgot to put that on my uh honorable mentions 
because I like I have it at like a four I think on Letterbox and I could probably like bump it up a little bit but um yeah it's so good my number six is Stop Making Sense from 1984 directed by Jonathan Demme um it has a 4.5 overall on Letterboxd and I guess it's currently streaming on the Roku channel so this is the second David Byrne appearance on my list, technically, although he didn't um, direct it or, I mean, he wrote this, I guess, because <laughs> it's like his concert uh, or Talking Heads concert. But yeah, basically for people who may not be familiar, um, it's a concert film um, of the Talking Heads on tour in 1983 for the album Speaking in Tongues. Um, and it's, there's no interviews, there's no like cutaways of anything. It's just the film. And it's amazing. Um, definitely the best concert film I've ever seen and my favorite of all time. It's got the big suit. It's got the lamp dance. It's got, it's got everything <laughs> you could ever want. And I don't know, I'm a huge Talking Heads fan. So that's why I love these movies and David Byrne so much. And his birthday was the other day, which was nice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Stop Making Sense, the best. Nice. Yep. My number six is When Harry Met Sally, which I assume is on your list. Yeah. It's from 1989, directed by Rob Reiner. has a 4.0 on Letterboxd, which I was surprised. I thought it was higher. Stars Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal. You put this on my original list of movies to watch a while ago. It's just an iconic romantic movie that I put down as I need to watch again because I just want to feel yeah happy I just want to feel good I feel like I've it's been like a sad couple (laughs) weeks I need like some good movies um and this is such a like iconic New York City movie too um Mm -hmm. but yeah and it's on Netflix and HBO right now which is like the two most popular streaming services so can easily watch yeah this is like one of the only movies I've rewatched recently and like I think I've watched it two times in the past like year and a half I mean, I'll say it now because we're talking about it. It's my number two on my list. Um, yeah, it's a classic and probably the best rom-com ever, I think. And I love the outfits and the comedy, I think, is so funny. I just, there's so many good lines and quotes. It's great. <laughs> nice. Wait, what number was that on yours? Two? That was my number two, yeah. All right. I guess so do your number five. Yeah. Um, my number five five is do the right thing from 1989 directed by spike lee this movie is amazing and it's so tense and depicts like a neighborhood and like the city and the heat of the summer in a city so well um it's another good summer movie i think i just love it it's number 49 on letterboxd and it has a 4.3 overall um Spike Lee also is one of the stars in it, along with like Danny Aiello, Giancarlo Esposito, um, Rosie Perez. It's got a great cast. It's just so good. I really don't want to say too much about another one. I don't want to say too much about because I think just like watching it and um, just experiencing it. It's like I, I always think of like this movie and like 12 Angry Men where you can like feel the heat and like the sweat like mm-hmm. reverberating off the screen in the movie it's just so wild um yeah it's like the intensity and it's on tcm right now i don't know if i already said that i i guess it's on tcm which is nice um 
but yeah it's usually streaming i think somewhere like hbo max sometimes um but yeah it's such a good movie (laughs) (sighs) um yeah well we've definitely talked about that movie a lot yeah (laughs) (laughs) um my number five is <laughs> National Lampoon's <laughs> Christmas Vacation. Wow. From 1989, directed by Jeremiah Chechik. Um, it has a 3.6 on Letterboxd. Too low for me. Um, <sighs> stars Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Juliette Lewis, Johnny Galecki, Randy Quaid, a lot of other people. Um, it is the best Christmas movie and one of the best comedies of all times. Um, mm-hmm. has so many iconic scenes in this, and it's such corny humor, but I don't know, I just find it so funny. Um, yeah. and just like nostalgic, I guess, because I just remember watching this at like such a young age. And now, since our podcast, I think we've watched, I watch it like every Christmas season. Yeah. We did a whole episode on this. Um, so yeah, there's not much more to say. Like that was one of our best episodes, I think, because we were like actually cracking up and went through like scene by scene and it was just so good. So go back and listen to that. Ooh, but that was fun. Yeah. And it's not streaming on anything right now, which I'm surprised. I'm not surprised since it's May, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. the movie's so funny. I was watching that recently, well, like Christmas time, and the power went out because it was so, I think it was so windy outside, and <laughs> I was so annoyed because I was like waiting for it to go out kind of, and then it did, and I was like, oh, I couldn't sure finish it. sure it wasn't Clark? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, it could have been. Wow, I didn't even think about that. Wow. That's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, another classic. My number four is one that you mentioned on your uh, honorable mentions. It's Ordinary People from 1980, directed by Robert Redford. It has a 3.9 on Letterboxd and stars Donald Sutherland, Mary Tyler Moore, Judd Hirsch, Timothy Hutton. Um, so basically, the parents and, this one, and the one son are living in the aftermath of the death of their other son, who was kind of like the favorite of the mother, especially. Um, And it's basically like the aftermath of this. And Timothy Hutton is the son character and he's in therapy with Judd Hirsch, the um, psychiatrist character. And it's basically just like a family drama. And it's one of the saddest movies I've ever seen. And it's currently my letterbox top four, just because I was so like distraught after. it um and the performances are just like so moving and just seeing mary tyler moore in that role is like insane just because of like from mary tyler moore show to that is like wild and it's probably like the top in the top five of movies i've cried the most at after like especially after watching just like sitting there Mm -hmm. weeping um (laughs) but yeah it's so good and like definitely not watched enough I don't think um but I think more people are like kind of discovering it as it becomes more I don't know popular I guess just because it it did win best picture and beat like Raging Bull which I think people were annoyed about at the time but now people are like okay yeah it's a really good movie (laughs) um and it's streaming on Prime Video right now um yeah I 
I have that in my honorables because you made me watch it, but I definitely yeah. did like it a lot. Um, my number four, which was on my previous list, is Blade Runner mm. um, from 1982, directed by the iconic Ridley Scott. He, who is still working, which is kind of crazy because I feel like a lot of these directors probably aren't anymore. But anyway, mm-hmm. it has a 4.1 on Letterboxd, stars Harrison Ford, Rutger Hauer, and Sean Young. Um, this is just like one of the most iconic sci-fi movies ever. And literally it was probably such an influence on like sci-fi movies up until today. I mean, obviously Star Wars and stuff, but this came like right after. It definitely isn't for everyone. Like I know you're not a big fan. Um, and it mm-hmm. can be hard to follow, I feel like, if you're not really actually pay attention to the story, which sometimes I find myself doing that in movies, but <laughs> I just love the way it looks and like the world they created of this like Mm -hmm. it's like the city is oh i don't know this it's so hard to explain but i just love like the city aspect of it and how futuristic it is and it's almost like grungy like today's grunge but then like they have like flying spaceships so it's it's just interesting i don't know how he did that but um and i was just thinking about this i think we mentioned this before because we've definitely talked about Blade Runner before but Harrison Ford had to be like so busy at this time because he was in like literally like Indiana Jones this Star Wars like he was just popping out those franchise well I guess Blade Runner is not a franchise but all these like famous blockbusters but yeah that um, is wild yeah and it's not streaming anywhere right now Mm. I say I that's when I would want to rewatch but I know I probably won't <laughs> just because I didn't love it the first time I watched it. Um, but I don't know, maybe after seeing like more sci-fi type stuff, I would like it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. All right. So we're cracking the top three. My number three is The Elephant Man from 1980, directed by David Lynch. Has a 4.1 overall in Letterboxd. And I'll just read the Letterboxd synopsis just so people can maybe get an idea for maybe those who aren't familiar with the movie. A Victorian surgeon rescues a heavily disfigured man being mistreated by his owner, quote unquote owner, as a sideshow freak. Behind his monstrous facade, there is revealed a person of great intelligence and sensitivity based on the true story of Joseph Merrick called John Merrick in the film a severely deformed man in 19th century London. Um, it stars Anthony Hopkins and John Hurt and Anne Bancroft. This movie, I didn't know really what to expect with it because it was one of the earlier David Lynch movies I saw, I think. And I think just because I knew all of his other movies were kind of like, I don't know, there was something a little odd about them. <laughs> um, but this one is way more of just like a straightforward drama I think um this and kind of like the straight story which is one that he didn't end up writing but he directed this is just like a drama and just about like humanity and the relationships between people um and it's another one of the movies that I cried the most at while watching it and it's probably my second favorite David Lynch movie after Mulholland Drive but it's kind of hard to determine the list because I love David Lynch so much as I've said a lot on here um and yeah like I mentioned it's just so moving and it's just a movie like about humanity when it comes down to it 
and like the little teaser line on Letterboxd, which is a quote from the movie says, I'm not an animal, I'm a human being, I am a man. Um, and yeah, if I think too much about the movie, I'll just start crying, so I won't. <laughs> um, it's so good. Have you ever seen it? No, I think you put it on my list of oh, movies to probably. watch. My um, new list. Yeah, I own it. I just keep oh, wow. it off because I really don't want to deal with it. But it's, it's a lot. To- it's, it's like it's a lot like just a lot like emotionally um Mm -hmm. and I don't think it's streaming anywhere on Letterboxd at least it doesn't say it is but I assume it's like available to rent and stuff and I have the Criterion DVD which I still need to open but yeah and I I'm pretty sure if my memory is correct that it was after this movie where people were like why is there no makeup and hairstyling Oscar and then after it was like 1980 two Oscars I think was like the first year they started giving it out like after this movie because they were like we need to give this movie something but I mean there was nothing to give it like besides like the regular like they got nominated I think for other Oscars but like they were like there needs to be an award for this because it's like Mm -hmm. so wild like the prosthetics on John Hurt it's it's so good and I just can't believe it's a David Lynch movie I'm just like he's the best (laughs) like I could have put like blue velvet on my list and stuff like that too but um yeah uh so good nice yeah um my number three was also on my previous list it is mad max 2 the road warrior um from 1981 directed by george miller has a 3.9 on letterbox basically stars mel gibson (laughs) there's not really too many people in it um think it's definitely my favorite of the Mel Mad Maxes and I think most people would agree um I saw this in college and rewatched it multiple times in college I don't know why but I I instantly fell in love with it it might be because Mm -hmm. of like that apocalyptic setting and like the set pieces like the really souped up cars and bikes it's just like so interesting I obviously seen Fury Road and I saw it like when it came out and then I watched like Road Warrior like years later. So it's totally different because it's obviously like 30 years later when there's just different technology. But mm-hmm. I think it was still pretty good for its time. Um, but I haven't seen this in a while since college. So hopefully it still holds up. Um, I know you weren't the biggest fan either, but we just have different tastes. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is streaming on HBO Max. Nice. Mad Max on HBO Max. Um, I don't know why, but when you said the name of the movie, I was like thinking about Vroom Vroom, and I was like, I wonder if there's <laughs> if there's like a super cut video of like all the Mad Max movies to that song. Oh my god, there funny. probably is one. There must <laughs> be. Um, I could just like let's ride, and it's just Mad Max <laughs> and the guy playing the guitar in the in Fury Road. <laughs> oh my god, that turned um, seven. I think it was yesterday. So oh. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so good. Well, I like that one a lot, <laughs> which is weird. But yeah, those are interesting movies. Um, my number two was when Harry met Sally. So if you want to do your number Great. two. My number two was on my original list as well. It's Platoon from 1986, mm-hmm. directed by Oliver Stone. 
has a 3.9 on Letterboxd, stars a very young Charlie Sheen, Oof. Willem Dafoe, Johnny Depp, and Forrest Whitaker, and many more people, but those are the big names. Um, the first time I saw this, I was in high school, I think, and I don't know why, but it really resonated with me. Um, I just, like, really like war movies, which is so weird. Um and then the scene where, like, they all get high, just always, whenever I think of yeah. this movie, and they play, like, White Rabbit, I just, it goes together. Um, and obviously, the iconic scene that is the cover, and I won't ruin it for people who haven't seen it. But yeah, I haven't seen this in a few years, so hopefully it still holds up. But um, yeah, great movie, and it's on Prime Video. Nice. Yeah, I think I saw that in, like, high school we watched it for something um i think we definitely needed a permission slip yeah, <laughs> there's like cursing there's yeah, a lot going it's on. a lot um but yeah i don't think i've seen it since then so i'd have to definitely rewatch it um but yeah i don't know war movies are we know not really my thing but <laughs> yeah it's a good one um i think our lists are all like all five of our original lists are on our new list but like mixed up a little bit um so we're consistent so my number one is my neighbor totoro from 1998 er, whoa from 1988 directed by hayao miyazaki got a 4.2 on letterboxd and it's number 185 overall in the top 250 and it's streaming on hbo max which all of the studio ghibli movies are um, I've talked about it before, but I'll read the little letterbox description. Two sisters move to the country with their father in order to be closer to their hospitalized mother and discover the surrounding trees are inhabited by Totoro's magical spirits of the forest. When the youngest runs away from home, the older sister seeks help from the spirits to find her. Um, I'm just like obsessed with this movie and it's still my number one Ghibli movie after watching like almost all of them it's just so beautiful and just genuinely sweet um and the music's amazing I listen to it sometimes um just to like chill out um and yeah it's just so freaking cute I love it so much (laughs) it's my background on my laptop and I have the poster um framed that I'm waiting to hang up once I move but yeah (laughs) um it's awesome. I've never seen the, actually, I started watching the dubbed version with the Fanning sisters as sisters, which is so funny. Um, but I usually watch, I not usually, I always watch the subtitled versions of Studio Ghibli movies. So I should check out the dub in full because they always have good voice casts for the English dubs. But mm-hmm. yeah, Totoro is the best. Nice. My number one is The Shining. Surprise, same, same surprise. movies. <laughs> so similar. Um, from 1980, oh, directed by Stanley Kubrick, has a 4.3 on Letterboxd, ranked number 92. Stars Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall. My favorite movie of all time, which is hard to ask, like, cinephiles, but this is always just, like, my go-to if someone asks me. Yeah. Um. I always thought I hated horror. I'm pretty sure I still do, but it seems like some of my favorite movies are horror, but I think it's just like a specific horror I can't do. Yeah. Um, 
which is like the devil stuff. <laughs> but <laughs> this one definitely isn't scary to me. I think the only part that used to really scare me is the old lady, but I've seen it so many times that I'm just like used to it at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's so much to say about this movie and we did a whole episode on it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so I have nothing really new to say about it. Just go back and listen to that. It's on HBO max and I feel like it's never anywhere. So definitely go and watch it. And this is probably my most rewatched movie ever. And for some reason, it's a comfort movie to me, which is really scary and weird. (laughs) I don't know. And it's like the best Jack Nicholson, I think, honestly. But yeah. Yeah. That episode was with Sydney Barrett, right? Mm -hmm. That one with, yeah, that was fun. Um, (laughs) And she like didn't like it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because at the end, she was like, I give it like a two and a half. (laughs) (laughs) But. Yeah, that's obviously a great movie. And yeah, you're consistent with your number one. Obviously. Yeah, like my top three or four were the same. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully it was a little bit more fun for you this time around because you've seen more. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I also did too, which was nice because I thought it was going to be very similar, but I'm glad that it was a little different. Yeah, I don't have any there- else. this is probably on the spot and you'll have to look it up but are there any 80s movies that you really like i need to get to and you haven't yet that's a good question let me look at my watch list by decade 80s oh there's kind of a lot um let me sort it by highest average rating oh yeah, there's classics that I, I mean, classics in like the cinephile sense, I guess. Like Come mm-hmm. and See, Cinema Parody, oh, yeah, Texas, Fanny and Alexander, <laughs> Brazil, Vagabond, Dead that. Poets Society, I've never seen, Last Emperor, um, Sex, Lies, and Videotape, That's Body annoying. Double, Gandhi, karate. I've never seen The Karate Kid. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I know um yeah some big ones but do you Um, have any I have a decent amount but I'm not gonna read them all there's 39 so some like big ones that I've really been wanting to get to and I haven't yeah the king of comedy um tenebrae love streams as tears go by the Wong Kar Wai movie something wild which i know your mom and then you told me to watch and i still haven't seen possession which is like never anywhere but all over like film twitter Mm. i've never seen predator that's on my list um mystic pizza broadcast news the color of money never seen moonstruck the blues brothers yeah there's more Mm. but that's like the there's a lot on it but yeah yeah one that i really want to see like more recently but doesn't seem to be streaming often is near dark the Catherine Bigelow movie yeah a lot of good stuff still Mm -hmm. I think I'm gonna go watch Godfather part two wait is it streaming or do you have it on it's on Paramount plus and we have in the living room and I'm already down here so I might just put it on while I have time (laughs) yeah I guess it's as good as the first 
Yeah, I heard. And I, I might as well. I watched the first last night, so just I keep know. it going. Yeah. <laughs> kind of jealous. I don't have Paramount Plus. Um, I don't either. My roommate <laughs> I don't know what to watch tonight. Maybe one of these 80s movies. We'll see. But yeah, this one was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know what's happening next, but <laughs> if you don't already... <laughs> Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at this movie pod. Um, thanks to Nick and Steven for the music. And thanks for listening out there. And stay safe and healthy, everybody. Um, and with that, I'm Marlo. And I'm Jackie. And this was a movie podcast. See ya.